Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Pastors have an advantage. I get perspective a lot. So does every pastor. Why? When we do funerals. You see, when we do a funeral, there's a little urn with ashes. Or there's a casket. And there's a picture over here, nice picture, flowers, lots of history, good stuff. That person's not there anymore. They're gone. We all know people who have died, and we're pretty sure they never made a commitment to follow Jesus. It's saddening and sobering at the same time. We just never know when our time will be up. The Bible over and over warns us that tomorrow isn't promised to anyone. We shouldn't expect to be on this earth beyond today, beyond right now. In Pastor Mark's teaching, he tries to make the point that today is the day of salvation. This is why it's so important that we convey with urgency to our friends and family their need to turn to Jesus. No one knows when their very last chance will come. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with part 3 of his message called One. did you come into this world? With how much? Nothing. Nothing. You came in naked. Naked in in Georgia. Let me ask you a question. How are you going out? We're going out the same way with nothing. By the way, we're getting close. We're getting closer just going out with nothing. So it isn't about that stuff. And you'll see that principle so clearly. As you look at this today, the bottom line is simply this. Look at that verse. Making it unfruitful. So if the worries of this world, stuff, and the deceitfulness of wealth, that's the thing that's constantly in my mindset. Instead of allowing God just to help me balance all those things, there's going to be good. If, if that, If that's my mind, I'll never be useful serving him because I'm always concerned about these other, and I'm trying to balance all these balls, and my life becomes unfruitful. Well, how do I make it fruitful? Very simple. Third key, write it down. We have to learn to invest our lives by serving with an eternal perspective. You see, back in Philippians, Paul used the word heaven. Paul had been to heaven. He knew that life here was temporary. 
if we could just get into our mind, and it's hard for us, I have a hard time getting my hands around that in October, I'm going to be 68. Now, some of you young people are laughing. You'll get there. Some of you guys are already past it. And if you still have a mind, you just heard what I said. But do you realize, if you just open your Bible, anywhere you want to open, and just take one of those periods at the end of a sentence, and then you go through the whole Bible and add up all the periods, when you close the Bible, that's the beginning of eternity. If you take every one of those dots and periods and call it a hundred years or a thousand years, in Adamala, it's the beginning of eternity. And yet all our focus is here. So how do I get this eternal perspective? We've not been there. How do I understand that after I die, for sure I'm going to live somewhere forever, either with God, if you're a believer, or without God, if you're an unbeliever, forever. Fact, guaranteed, happening, proof, common. How do I get perspective? Look at verse 20. You'll see the perspective. It's right there. Others, like good Calvary Chapel people, they hear the word, they accept the word. In other words, they change. Whatever the word said, they change. And as a result of that, what do they do? They produce a crop. They invest well their life, 30, 60, even 100 times what was sown. You see, being in the Bible and changing, not just hearing the word, but changing, gives us an eternal perspective that helps me invest wisely. It helps me always to bring God back to the one. Now, if you're not in the word, then I'm not thinking eternal things. I'm just thinking about today. And that's why God said, don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves. Good job. You're here. Because we're studying the word, and it always brings us back to every person we studied in the Bible is dead. And they're in heaven. Or separated from God in hell. It's the same here. So for all of us, there's great opportunities as we study the word to get perspective that we're going to live forever. Pastors have an advantage. I get perspective a lot. So does every pastor. Why? When we do funerals. You see, when we do a funeral, there's a little urn with ashes. Or there's a casket. And there's a picture over here, a nice picture, flowers, lots of history, good stuff. But that person's not there anymore. They're gone. Where are they? That gives me perspective. By the way, one day you'll be there, and so will I. But I won't really be there because I'm already gone, either to heaven or to hell. So the more I'm into the Word, the more it gives me, it's like climbing a mountain when we were out visiting our kids in Denver, we climbed way out. And you get a perspective of whatever. You know, when you're flying an airplane at 38,000 feet for 20-some hours, 
you get a different perspective. You can just look out and go like, wow. And then as you come in, everything is really small. That's the perspective you need to understand today. We're out of here and we're destined for eternity. And God says, if you and I will understand that, then we can use our time with an eternal perspective. Let me show you a great verse. Early on, some of you, as you've been listening to me today, I already know what you're going to say to me. Pastor Mark, you're talking about my talents and my gifts to serve. Well, actually, when God passed those out, I, had, I, I went to the bathroom and I wasn't in line and he went right by me. I got no talents. I got no gifts. Wrong. Here's the verse. First Peter chapter 4. Each one. How many? How many? All of our campuses. Each one, each Christ follower, should use whatever gift he has received. All of us have gifts. All of us have been given spiritual abilities from God. All of us have gifts to serve others. Not myself. To serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Now look at that verse again. And think about this. Why is the verse there? To remind me, I'm going to be accountable. I am responsible for what happens with my body and the gifts that I have. I'm going to be held accountable to be serving others while I'm on this earth. Faithfully keeping God one in the center. It may not show itself now, but it will definitely show itself later. Now, let's take that down. Let me give you a couple of keys. We can't do everything. You can't do everything. I can't do everything I even want. And by the way, let me give you one that you'd be very excited with. You can't do everything everybody else wants you to do. But I can do what God asked me to do. This is your fourth key. Believe that we can do everything God calls us to do. You see, God promises us by his power that everything he calls us to do, it's not everything I want to do. It's some things I actually don't want to do. It's not what you want me to do. Everything he wants me to do, he will help me accomplish it. Now, you want you to turn two more books to the right, the book of John. The book of John, chapter 5. Remember, Jesus is our role model. I want to go through this very quickly because I want you to see what's happening. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit, just like you and me, because he came as a man and God. In fact, we see in the verse you're going to read that he only does not what he wanted, Not what the disciples wanted. Not what thousands of other people wanted him to do. He only did what God did. Look at John 5, verse 19. Scoot on down to verse 19. Jesus said this. Jesus gave them this answer. I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son does also. You see, Jesus depended on the power of the Holy Spirit in him 
to lead him to do only, on every single day, Jesus had thousands of things he could do. People clamoring for everywhere. But he only did what was directed by God. Now, here's another verse, John 10, that just clarifies what it says. Look at Jesus said, at my father's direction, I have done many good works. So what did that say? Jesus kept the father in the center. He wanted to please one person, the father. And he only did what the father directed him to do through the person of the Holy Spirit. That's how he lived. So he disappointed lots of people because he only did what the father said. And you're going to see that with a homework assignment that I'm going to give you at the end because we're going to see the Bema seat and what that looks like when we stand before God. Now, there's only two ways for you as a Christian to live. There's only two ways for me as a Christian to live. It's not complicated. It's a no-brainer. Here's the two ways. Number one, I can live and I can try to put Christ in the center of my life and I can serve people in my strength, my wisdom, or my power. Or I can do it in the Holy Spirit's strength, in the Holy Spirit's wisdom, and in the Holy Spirit's power. Now, if you look at those two, which one of those do you think will be successful? Only the Holy Spirit. Only the Holy Spirit. How did Jesus operate with the Holy Spirit? Now, with Jesus, where was the Holy Spirit with Jesus? Where was Jesus with the Holy Spirit? Where was the Holy Spirit in Jesus' life? Where was it? It was inside him. He was filled with the Spirit. Now, I want you to look at me very closely. Jesus only did what the Holy Spirit directed him to do, and he pleased God. He is a great number one investor. The same Holy Spirit that lived and directed Jesus to be a successful investor is the same Holy Spirit that lives in you and I today. I have God today living in me. No excuses. I can do, I can serve, I can invest wisely because I have God living in me. So let's begin for the next few moments before we close. How are you doing with your investments? How are you doing with your investments? How are you doing with your time? I'm going to ask you to think about that this week. How are you doing with your time? Using it wisely? Who's revolving around who? Not only how are you doing with your time, but where do you serve? Could you write for me where you serve? Number three, how are you doing with your possessions? Do they possess you or are you free with them and you give and you're generous and and you love to do it? And fourth, while you're doing that, some of you, you got it down. You got serving, use my time wisely. I tithe, I do all this stuff. But how's your attitude? Is it because I have to? Can you imagine last night going over to the luau and the guys, Danny down here, and the other guys that worked all day to cook the barbecue? What if all day they're out there going, there's going to be a thousand people out here. They're going to cook this stupid barbecue and they're all going to want it free. They're going to gripe and they're going to pile the sandwiches so nobody else wants. I'm really glad I'm serving God. This is great. <laughs> I mean, the meat would be bitter. They weren't like that. So why do I mention evaluation? Yesterday, quickly, Barna, 
gave a report of the church in America in the last 20 years, 1991, 2011. He put a lot of things that have changed. I just want to use one of them this morning. Here's what he discovered. In the average church, not here, but in the average church, 19% of the people serve. That means 81% of the people do nothing in the church. And it looks just like this. You see, we learned a few weeks ago that people are sheep. Is that you and Vieira? Sebastian? Orlando? Your mom? Is that you? Is this about what you do for God? You show up maybe every week. Fantastic. Love it. How, how will a church ever survive with the 80-20 rule? 20% do all the work. The rest of the 80 people just sit. You see, that can't be. And when you look at that, I'm going to give you a key because I've been doing this for a long time. You will never grow spiritually until you start serving. So I want to challenge you. By the way, it isn't 80-20 here. I don't really know what the number is, but thousands of you are serving. But I want to challenge you this morning. Is that you? Because see, when people sit in their pew, here's a term I used to use a long time ago. They sit in their pew, they sit and soak for an hour. And they're sour. (laughs) When I'm busy, I got no time to get gripey and complaining. I'm just trying to cap it up and put God in the middle. How many know what I'm talking about today? See, if you do nothing but come and sit, you say, well, Pastor Mark, you don't know it. I don't. It's none of your business. It is. Because I'm your spiritual leader. I don't want to see you at the judgment seat of Christ. And you look over me and go, Pastor Mark, you never told me I'm supposed to. I'm going to have to give up. I'm in third in line here. I did tell you. And I'm telling you with love, find your gift. Start serving. In a few weeks, we'll have a volunteer thing out there. It's just for you to find a way to serve. Now, what does serving look like? Take a look at this quickly. It looks like this. People out there just doing their thing. It looks like this. I love this one. (laughs) In the parking lot, there it is. Come on in. I love it. Here's another one. This is our deaf ministry that's here in our campus. Our deaf ministry where they're teaching the deaf to use their gifts for God. Amen? Here's the last one. How did you, how are you hearing me today? Because there's a sheep serving at the soundboard. And a million other places around here. You understand this place operates with thousands of servants. I just want to say all of you that are doing it, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Your father is well pleased. Now I want to give you some homework quickly, and then I'm going to pray for you. Here's the homework. I want you to read chapter four of John, study it, and I want you to look for keys of one, not necessarily the word one, and I gave you some hints, verses four, seven, 
13, 26, 34, 37. So this is your homework to grow spiritually. Look at keeping God first. Look what Jesus does, how he's directed to do only what God wants him to do, not anybody else, and how he does it, and the fruit that comes from it. Because he's our role model. So that's the homework. I want you to focus on it and get into it. And uh, be ready because we're going to talk about all of John chapter 4 with this, serving. And then second thing we're going to do is we're going to give you the Bema seat to show you how when we stand there, what God's looking at. As we look to invest our lives, God wants one thing to happen. God wants to be the center, the center of our life. Now, I want you to look at me for a moment. In this building... There's only two groups of people, those that are following Jesus Christ and those that are thinking about it, trying to figure if this is the way, or maybe you've already started, but you backslidden. There's only two groups of people. And I want to ask you this morning, if you're in that group that's never turned your life over to Christ, God's spoken to you this morning here, and you're ready to have your life changed to get a brand new start, to have your sins forgiven, and to go to heaven forever. That's a choice that you have to make. See, he's called you. You have to respond. When Paul was called by Jesus, Paul responded like this. Who are you, God, and what do you want me to do? This is your eternity. So here's what we're going to do. In a moment, if you want to pray a prayer with me, I'm going to ask you to do something very bold. Simply, on the count of three, just to stand in your seat, wherever you're at, everywhere you're at. If you're at home, stand. And I'm going to pray a simple prayer over you. He said, Pastor Mark, that's a pretty bold thing to do. Let me tell you, following Jesus Christ is not a secret deal. How many people have made a public commitment of Jesus Christ? You stood, you came forward, you did whatever. Let me, let me see your hands. That's everybody that's a Christian. See, you can't like do this in the closet and close the door and go, I'm a Christian, nobody's going to find me. I'm working for the secret service here. (laughs) No, it's public. So I'm going to ask you, and you don't have to do this as a group, you just do it, God's spoken to you. I'm going to ask you boldly, at the count of three, just to stand. And by standing, you're saying this, Pastor Mark, God called me. I want my life changed. doesn't matter what you've done. You're not too bad. You're not too good. You're not too young. You're not too old. But you have to make that choice. So get ready. Because it's going to happen. You simply stand. You've already heard the God call you. He'll accept you. He'll change you. One, two, three. Just stand wherever you're at. You pray this prayer right after me. I heard your call today. And today I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I receive you by faith into my life. Change me to be like Jesus. Today, I profess that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, and I'm not ashamed of it because God has changed my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded us of our limited time on this earth and how it fades into insignificance compared to eternity. He taught us that we need to make use of the time we have and to be an asset for the kingdom of God rather than a liability. We were told that God has given us everything we need to live for Him. We need to take those tools and get to work. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This completes the teaching one. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin teaching us about the term JSC, or Judgment Seat of Christ. He'll be sharing the importance of remembering that every Christ follower will have to give an accounting to God about what they did with the gifts God gave them. We'll begin to learn about God's judgment and His rewards. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.